0: Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken
1: sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.
0: I'm Steve Letarte, STP auto expert and former crew chief. I know what it takes to keep engines performing at their best. STP's latest breakthrough additive, STP Ultra 5-in-1 Plus Fuel System Cleaner Plus Fuel Stabilizer delivers three times the amount of cleaning agents versus premium gasoline and helps keep fuel fresh during storage. For over 60 years, STP has been on the cutting edge developing products to help engines run better, longer. One bottle contains three times by weight the amount of cleaning agents compared to 20 gallons of the leading premium gasoline.
2: Welcome to the NASCAR NBC podcast. I'm your host, Nate Ryan. This is our fifth episode, and for the second straight week, we are joined by an NBC Sports analyst who also is moonlighting as a NASCAR driver these days. It's Brian Vickers. Brian has been doing work uh, since last year on NASCAR America for NBC Sports, and that began after he had a recurrence of blood clots that had forced him from when he was driving the number 55 car uh, for then Michael Waltrip Racing. Last season, uh, Brian's health problems, I think, are fairly well documented, so I won't dwell on that. But needless to say, it's it's kept him out of the car quite a bit during what's been um, what w- was really a promising career uh, from the outset. He won the Xfinity Championship in 2003. He's a multi-time cup winner. Uh, he made the playoffs in 2009. But since 2010, he's had um, more than a few instances in which he's unfortunately been been forced out of the car. Uh, by health issues, and so he's he's had to find, as he put it, uh, a way to to make peace with the concept of his NASCAR career, perhaps uh, coming to an end. Uh, but fortunately for Brian, it it didn't um, as of a few weeks ago, because when Tony Stewart got hurt, Stewart Haas Racing turned to Brian Vickers to drive the number fourteen Chevrolet in the Daytona Five Hundred. He had a, a good speed weeks. He actually was in the top five of the Great American Race with. Less than 25 laps to go. Very impressive. Uh, and he'll return to the car this weekend at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. So we, we talked a little bit to Brian about what it's like to parachute back into NASCAR. Uh, we talked a lot about what he's been doing since he left, including uh, his myriad business interests that have taken him all over the globe. And then we also talked a little bit about what's next for Brian Vickers. We know at this point... Las Vegas is the only race he's confirmed of of doing uh, in the number 14 car at this point. There could be more races, however, and and perhaps there could be opportunities with other teams. So we get into that a little bit as well. So uh, without further ado, here is NBC Sports analyst and NASCAR driver, Brian Vickers. All right, Brian, uh, really appreciate you joining us. Thanks for being here.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, buddy.
2: Well, uh, you, you you were out of the car for uh, almost a year before Daytona. And I know that you got a lot of questions, I'm sure, about what's it like getting back in the car. And I know I hear this from drivers all the time. It's just like riding a bike. I, I know that like getting back in the car and doing the actual driving thing probably wasn't all that different. So what I'd like for you to tell me is what was different? Was anything different? Um, you know, did did, did did anything about the whole NASCAR experience seem different that you'd forgotten about from March of 2015?
1: You know, I mean, very little really changed. It, it, it is true. It's funny. You know, when I think you're, when you're in, when you're kind of in the forest, right, uh, you, it seems like things are changing rapidly, but when you kind of step back and dive back into it, you know, it, it, it's, it's not that different. <laughs> I mean, you know, similar faces, uh, you know, the same faces, you know, maybe they're wearing different shirts and they got a different number uh, on the shirt and a different sponsor. But, but by and large, it, it is a community that is is, is fairly stable, um, you know, which is good and bad, right? I mean, you know, there's very low or, or, you know turnover, uh, I think, within the industry. You see a lot of turnover with it between teams, um, you know, but you don't see a lot of turnover in the industry. So a lot of familiar faces. And, and I like that. It makes it, it's comfortable, you know, and it, it is nice to see everyone again. I think that's the, the biggest thing you miss when you step out of the sport is people. Uh, you know, the cars, you know, they're still race cars. You know, is, you know, are they a little different? Is the bodywork a little different? Is, is maybe a few rules changed? And, you know, maybe, uh, you know, a year later, NASCAR has caught on to a couple of things the teams are doing. The teams have started doing some new things. And but by and large, the race cars that retire steering wheel brakes, uh, you know everything's pretty similar and um yeah, I think some of the some of the changes I probably noticed the most you know daytona, I think their safety advancements uh they had you know soft walls on every single wall best I could tell uh which was which was huge um you know they I think some of the stuff that they're working on inside you know kind of you know the driver' safety meeting in daytona. You know, working on some great stuff and had some great ideas, but you know, the, I think that's the kind of slow, steady progress we see every year. Uh, and the biggest thing, honestly, if I had to say one thing, is I, I think it was around um, the social kind of marketing aspect of the sport. I feel like you know, kind of stepping out of it and stepping back in it within that that year timeframe. You know, NASCAR has been working really hard with the, the teams, the drivers, and their partners. To really get the the fan, you know, driver, you know, partner relationship in the social realm right, and and I feel like they've made a lot of progress in that area in the last year. You know, the the fan engagement from a NASCAR all the way to a driver level seemed like it had probably progressed as much or more than anything else in the sport, uh, from my opinion.
2: Right, right. So that's stuff like, were you asked by Stuart Haas to do more with Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, like that kind of stuff?
1: Yeah, all that kind of stuff. Like the fan engagement, the pound NASCAR day or Daytona 500 thing they had going on, and and just the social impressions and the social media and the fan engagement. You can just really see that, you know, starting to kick off. I mean, like, it's been going on for a while, but it seemed like everything that's changed
2: that was probably the biggest move. Right, right. Um, it's all a whirlwind when I think back to that, that first week of uh, February, Brian. I'm sure it was much more so for, for you. But as I think back on that first week, and I'm thinking about like, all of the, the, the tumblers that sort of had to fall into place to, to make this happen, I'm thinking about like, some really simple logistical questions for you. Like, whose motorhome did you use while you were down there? Did you have your own? Do you, do you use Tony's? Like, how does that work?
1: Yeah, you know it, it is. There, there was a lot more to it, you know. I mean, I wasn't planning on being in Daytona. Uh, you know, I've been, you know, and I mean, I guess that kind of touches on a bigger question. Yeah, you know, I'm sure we'll get into which is kind of where have I been yeah. uh, and what have I been doing? But <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. But sure. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I, I wasn't planning on being in Daytona, and you know, I very much had, uh, you know, by no means, by no means, given up on racing. Uh, at all, I mean, I, I love it. I always felt that I would get back to it in some capacity, but the notion of racing the Daytona 500 or being in a full-time kind of winning car, uh, you, you know, had 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 by and large kind of passed. And mm-hmm. at least for 2016, you know, there just wasn't. There just wasn't. I explored once I once I got approval to race uh, for my doctors. You know, there just wasn't a a winning kind of, you know, walk in the gate and we can win today opportunity on the table. And for me, that was a deal, deal break. And um, so I wasn't planning on being in Daytona. I wasn't even anywhere near Daytona. <laughs> and I get this text. I get a text from Rodney and then from Zippy, you know, can you race? Um, you know, let's just, you know, short and sweet, right? I mean, a typical Rodney fashion, which I appreciate. Right. Um, and I and I, replied, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I replied, yes. And I replied, Yes. And, uh, and then that was kind of it for a minute and, uh, or a minute, I say a minute in, in, in a vague term, it, it for, for, for a bit. And then, uh, you know, and then I get the question from Zippy and the answer is kind of the same. And, uh, you know, I said, let me know. And then, you know, a day, kind of a day passes, maybe 12 hours a day, twenty four hours, something like that. And, uh, said, you know, can you talk? And I said, yes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and the kind of the question was obvious, right? You know? You know, look, we're we're obviously trying to figure out how we're going to fill fill the seat now that Tony's going to be out uh, for for at least Daytona, maybe a few more races. At that point, I think a lot of things were up in the air, um, and a lot of question marks were still left for them to figure out. And um, you know, and I, and I said, look, I I, I can race, um, you know, and 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 I can race safely, and and I can be safe in the car and out of the car. Uh, I'm good to go, and I. You know, and and the funny thing is that, you know, and and I guess it's you know it, it's uh, you know I'm flattered to an extent, but they didn't even ask, you know, the question. Do you think you can be competitive even being out for a year? I think, you know, I've done that so many times that they, mm-hmm. I guess they just assumed the answer is yes. Um, you know, but but uh, later in the conversation, you know, I was like, look, I feel, you know, talking to Mike and the guys. I was like, look, I, I feel. Very comfortable, kind of promise to land Of course not. They tell anything can happen, but I feel very comfortable getting back in the car after being gone for 10 bucks. You know, I've done that a couple of times, and it very much is like riding a bike. And, um, you know, and, and, and honestly, I was like, I, <laughs> you know, I was standing with Rodney and Mike one day in the shop, you know, kind of fast forwarding a minute here, but, uh, and Rodney was like, I'm not sure he doesn't run as good or better when he's been out for a while. <laughs> he's like, we, you know, we, we, he'd been out for 10 months when I took him and took him to Bristol. When we led like almost 200 laps. So, um, so it was all good. And it happened quick. And, you know, and I, I was actually in Colorado. Uh, I had been working pretty much every day since January 1st. Uh, with the exception of two days, um, that I went skiing with some friends and, um, and, 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 uh, and, and I get, you know, these kind of texts come in, and, you know, I'm, I'm skiing. I I run into Jimmy Johnson out there, who's out there quite a bit as well. And, and him and I were skiing one day together. And, um, and and him and I were skiing one day together, and, and he, uh, you know, and, and I'm getting these messages, and, and I'm just kind of like, you know, it, you know, what happens, happens, you know, whatever life has, whatever life has in store. Um, you know, I was like, "Look, it'd be really cool to ride the drive the 14. So it's 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 a great opportunity. I'd be happy to do it. It would be a, it would be a pleasure and an honor to fill in for Tony. And I said, "Let me know." You know, I'm I can be there. You know, give me 24 hours notice. I can be in the shop to fit the seats. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you know that was the end of the conversation. I went back to skiing. <laughs> I mean, there was really nothing else to do. It's like you know until you get the call. Um, you know. I, uh, you know, once they gave they gave me kind of the green light, you know, I I started down the process of of getting. Honestly, what the hardest part was just getting my NASCAR license, uh, which I hadn't even yet applied for, and not because not because I, I necessarily thought I would or would not use it, but it just wasn't top of my mind. It just wasn't a priority at the time, and uh, until an opportunity arose, and and so I had to you know do the do the fit, you know, the, the medical exam and the impact test and the drug test and all those things, which, you know, I wasn't concerned one bit about, you know, passing them. you know, like I told Zippy, I was like, look, I can stand on one foot and touch my nose. I'm pretty sure I'm not blind (laughs) and I don't do drugs. So I think we're good. (laughs) And, uh, He's like, well, just let me know when you get the thumbs up. I was like, okay, no problem. So that took like a few days. You know, that took that, that took a minute to kind of get all that back. But once all that was done, the paperwork was done. I got my license. We were all good to go. That was probably the biggest challenge. Um, you know, I still had my bus. I still had my motorhome, and I, gotcha. uh, you know, I hadn't sold it. Yeah. And um, and uh, so and then and Randy, who's been with me for eight years. You know he was retired from the military and the police anyway, so he wanted to take some time off, so you know it all kind of worked, and he wasn't doing anything else, and you know he was jump you know he was ready to go with the opportunity, so you know off to date tunnel we were
2: great yeah, I mean see logistically I'm thinking like i I know drivers are creatures of habit and you like having things a certain way, and I'm thinking like, yeah, like how do you just send your motor home on the road, or how do you how do you do that if you're if you're doing it last minute because usually you guys have entire seasons planned out you know, months ahead with people making sure that all the itineraries and schedules are filled. So I think it's impressive that you got, you were able to sort of pull all that together last minute. And it's, it seems like show up relatively relaxed and, and ready to get in the car.
1: So, yeah, you know, to answer your question, I, you know, we are creatures of habit. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, when you perform at that level, level, you really want to make sure you, you know, you don't want to have to think about anything else. Everything has to be done. I, I'm very lucky whether it's, well, I say I'm lucky. It's, it's good and bad. I'm OCD. I'm very organized and I've always been that way. So, um, uh, sometimes it's, you know, as I always like to say, the sword cuts both ways, you know, typically your strengths are your weaknesses. Um, uh, for the most part, I think being organized, extremely organized is good. It's a good thing. But sometimes, you know, it's, it's, it's also a lot of work, but, um, for the most part, uh, it wasn't too bad. I mean, I was, I was fairly prepared, um, you know, to pick up and go. Uh, you know really quickly and uh, so that helped that helped
2: tremendously we, we had Parker Kligerman on, on the uh, podcast last week Brian and, and he brought you up and, and talked about how he had he had noticed you saying that you, had, you, he, you you were at peace with if you had raced your last time in NASCAR you were at peace with it and and Parker talked a lot about how he he took a lot of wisdom from that and I, I heard you saying that a little bit in your earlier answers about you're not going to go to Daytona if you don't have a car that you can feel you can be competitive and win with so what was that like? Is there a moment that you arrive at- How do you work through that process of of getting that point of being at peace with your career if you don't race again
1: well um you know I think it starts with with almost dying two or three times <laughs> uh, that is a good place <laughs> that's always a good way to get it to to accomplish that um you know it's funny i you know I say that in jest, but there's a lot of truth in it in the sense of um you know, I, there's a difference between, you know, it's kind of, it's like a process of, of, you know, non attachment, you know, where you can love something, but not necessarily be attached to it. You know, like, like, I, I, I you know, I love racing, but, but finding kind of a place where, you know, what I know for sure, is that I love racing. I also know for sure that it's, I'm not going to be able to race forever, right? Right. So the only difference between you know is is learning to be at peace with or without something because nothing lasts forever, and and that that means that yes, I like to race. Yes, I want to race, but I'm also at peace with the fact that that one day I'm not going to race. And the only the only question is is it is it today or tomorrow, you know and 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 I think that once, you know, and I and, and and I'm we're talking about it in the sense of racing, but for me that was kind of a really big growth process through so much, you know, when I had my first blood clot and everything kind of got pulled out from under my feet, you know, it wasn't just racing; it was it was a lot of things. I mean, there's a lot of things that changed for me, and and I think this realization that you're not invincible, you're not going to live forever, and you kind of always know that, but you don't really know it until it's like right in front of you, right. and and I think that's kind of where the 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 growth and the the I don't think revolution but evolution. you know, you just kinda of grow as a person, and you kinda of go through these experiences and, and many many times the best experiences you'll have in your life are the bad ones. I and mean, I think that's where you grow the most. And I said one time in an interview and I still feel this way, which is, you know, I think the saying is um you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And and I very much believe that I think that's true. They do. I would say. I would also add. That they leave out the part that everything in the middle sucks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> very true. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so you know, I mean, there was a lot of, of pain and a lot of bad things that came from my health situations. You know, having you know almost died from blood clots and then heart issues and heart open heart surgery and just kind of down the list. And we don't have to dive into all that, but. Um, but, but, you know, a lot of growth came from those experiences. A lot of pain came from them, but a lot of growth. Is, and I think in that growth, that's something that I realized is is just learning that nothing's going to be forever. Uh, And that includes racing. That doesn't mean you have to love it less because you know you may never do it again. You can love it just as much or more. And actually, quite honestly, I fell going back racing after open-heart surgery. I only ran two races before I had a blood clot. But it, it was some of the most enjoyable races I've ever had. You know, because, because I very much was just focused on the enjoyment of just trying to win the race, and probably drove, you know, some of my better races. Like, you know, I didn't win things, but considering kind of the car we had and what we thought we could do with it, like it was, you know, it was a good race. And you know, sometimes the driver, you may. Finish seventh and think it was a great race because you had 15 points. Sometimes you may finish second and be totally pissed off because you had a winning card. Uh, I'm sure you can ask Kevin from this past weekend, right? Like, you know, I mean, you're, you know, the whole race second, you're disappointed. If you run 20th all day and finish 10th, you're pretty excited. Um, And, um, you know, so so for me, you know, that's kind of what it was. I mean, that's kind of how I got there. It was a long steady process of going through a lot and kind of growing as a person. and the funny thing is, I think it's hard to let go of that, It's part because you always feel like, as a competitor, as a driver, you know, you work so hard to make the impossible happen your whole life. You're afraid that if you let go of that, you know, um, that you're going to lose this competitive edge. And I actually find it found it to be quite the opposite. I think I think I gained a competitive edge. Mm-hmm. I, I think you know because I was more relaxed and 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 happier. And I think that that produces better results. Uh, you know, I, I just don't I don't believe you have to be you know, you have to be angry inside
2: the win. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. And and I know that you know, as far as your, your happiness, I know you certainly made the most of it when you were outside the car. Uh, you, you alluded to it a little bit earlier about all the places you went. I I happened to run into Jeff Gordon right at the uh, start of Speed Weeks, and he mentioned uh, that last year he got texts from you. Uh, Australia, I think, Middle East, it was like, you know, where in the world is Brian Vickers, I think, <laughs> is, is kind of the game that, that was being played uh, whenever he heard from you, um, t- tell tell me about that. Where, where did you go, and and uh, were there places that you had in mind, or was it just sort of spontaneous? How, how did you how did you end up traveling the world last year?
1: Well, a couple of things. There's a couple of reasons. One, I, I've always enjoyed traveling. Um, it's always been a passion of mine. I've always loved, you know, to travel and experience new places, new cultures, etc. Um, you know, last year, so you, for some time now. Um, you know, I've been, you know, very active in the investing space, and kind of with the guidance of, um, you know, some some very dear mentors of mine, and, and and one in particular, is like a second father, and you know, who's who's a genius in the space, and, and and it kind of started slowly over time, and then, you know, every, you know, when I was having health issues, I I kind of, you know, I would very much dive into that, and and in private equity and venture capital, and. And I very much enjoyed it, and it occupied my mind and, and, and time when I wasn't behind the wheel. And, um, you know, and then about four or five years ago, I started working with guys uh, that are now my partners in, in New York. And every time i have a health issue, you know, they would jokingly you know, one of them would jokingly call up, and and he would say, "Are you ready to go to real work?" And I'm like, S- "You know, screw you." <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know, but he would always, he he would always, he would always remind me when I tell that story that he always started every conversation with, "Are you okay?" And uh, and then he would kind of, kind of, kind of jest me a little bit. But um, you know, last March when you know I had that blood clot going to California, yeah. uh, you know, I'm not really one to sit around. I just can't. I can't do it. I've tried it. It doesn't work for me and um so so I called up Nick, Nick was his name and, and Justin was the other guy, and I said, all right, let's go um you know what's uh, what's first on the plate so uh so I became a partner at the at the firm and um and uh and then we just kind of took off from there. We did uh you know Nick and Justin have been in the business for some time. we did uh four deals last year. And, um, uh, we did one the year before, but we did four last year. Uh, the first one we started working on, which is what took me to Costa Rica, was a medical device company that we bought down in Costa Rica. Um, and we started a diligence on that, you know, April of last year, actually the end of March, March 25th, something like that, 26th, I think. Uh, we ended up closing, uh, the investment in, I think, September 1st. Um, And, you know, that's going well. So we've been, you know, traveling a lot for that company. Um, We're going to, we're looking to IPO it later this year. Uh, We have a couple other investments. Uh, You know, one of them is in the uh, maritime defense space. uh, And we build, uh, you know, a maritime defense barrier for ports, Navy bases, nuclear power plants, you know, et cetera, airports. And, um, you know, so that was kind of taking us uh, you know, all over the world, particularly the Middle East. Um uh, it's it's really more of a term for terrorists than say a military. Like it's not gonna stop the US Navy, but it'll stop a terrorist with a boat full of bombs. Um kind of a USS cold type attack. So we were installing that in Israel last year, um and installing it uh, you know, in some US Navy bases and we're kind of going from there. We've we've got some more contracts uh in the Middle East that we're currently about to start fulfilling and so so nonetheless it, it basically it's been mostly all work wow. <laughs> um, and, and I've really enjoyed it you know so we we've, we've uh, you know we've bought, sold and or built you uh, know just last year in the past probably 10 or 11 months for companies but you know a couple before that and we're in the process of a few acquisitions now and um, so that's pretty been pretty much been my my year I mean January was you know the first week in LA for work and meetings, um, and then two days in Vegas for CES meetings, and then back to LA for two days of meetings, and then at red out to New York for a four-hour meeting, and then New York to Salt Lake for a meeting, for a dinner meeting, Salt Lake to San Francisco for three days, JP Morgan Healthcare Conference uh, meetings, uh, most, mostly with bankers uh, on the IPO, and then to LA for two days of work, and then back to Miami for a day, and then from Miami to Paris for a day, and then Paris to Zurich for two days of meetings, Zurich to Liechtenstein for a day of meetings, and then Liechtenstein to Austria for three days, and then Austria to Munich for a dinner meeting, Munich back to Miami, and then Miami uh, for a four-day hedge fund conference, uh, MIA, what was the name of it, and then... And then from uh, from there to uh, to where I think there to 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 Aspen, Uh to go for a couple of days of skiing, and then called the race. I said yes, and then I was on my way to Daytona. <laughs> well, actually, I stopped in Charlotte to put a the car uh, first, and then to Daytona. Gotcha. Well,
2: I'm glad you got to squeeze in a little bit of relaxation and recreational time in the middle of all that on the slopes because it sounds like all that. so all the traveling you do is virtually for, for work, for business.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Most, most all of it. I mean, we, you know, I always stop and find friends, you know, kind of around the world that that I've made over the years and, you know, grab a dinner here and there, coffee or lunch and and catch up. But, uh, but, but mostly, yeah, mostly all for work.
2: Crazy. I mean, I, I I suppose like (laughs) if this NASCAR thing doesn't work out, uh, you've you've got a lot to fall back on. Not that you didn't even before everything that's happened in your life in the last several years. I know th- that you've always been kind of a, a long term planner thinker, but it it seems like I mean not to not to say NASCAR is like a sidelight for you or racing is a sidelight at this point, but it sounds like you've you've got a pretty significant day job to worry about these days.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I mean, I, I before all this happened, um, you know, I I. Uh, You know, for me, if I do anything, I'm going to do it 100%. And, you know, I enjoy, uh, you know, I enjoy, as you said, the day job. Uh, You know, I I found it fascinating. I'm learning a ton. I've got two great partners at Crown Predator. And uh, we're doing a lot of really interesting, exciting stuff. And, um, you know, it's kind of a continuation of something that I've always kind of dabbled in. And, uh, you know, I told him when the Daytona thing came up, I said, look, you know, know, what do you guys think? Because obviously... Yeah, maybe come to them, and they're like, "Look, by all means, go wide open." Um, You know, it's kind of a good time for us uh, because we're in between stuff, and uh, we got pretty much everything to do for for last year wrapped up, and then going into this year, and um, you know, so you know when. When this thing came up, it was like, "Yeah, let's do it. You know, let's have the fun. Let's try some races." And where life takes me it will take me. You know, I mean, it's 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 so funny. I spent my whole life trying to make things happen, and sometimes they work out, sometimes they don't. But what what I've learned is you can't. You know, what is meant to be is meant to be, and uh, and that's kind of where I'm at in my life. So you know, when 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 I went to Daytona, you know, I kind of turned you know, that off and, and racing on and, and had fun. I loved it and, and it was great to work in the car and um you know, and then when, when Monday morning I turned the other one back on and and, and uh you know when Atlanta didn't pan out and now I'm going to Vegas so uh you know I'm a few couple of days of meetings uh in New York and then doing this doing the NBC TV show and which I'm really pumped about. Get ready to go on air here in a few minutes. And uh, that was fun. Uh, I've really enjoyed that. as all well with you and everyone in NBC has been great, and it's been a really educational, fun process for me. And yeah. I love to learn. So I love working. I love doing new things. I love being challenged. You know, in or out of the race car, and um, and that's what all of this is for me. And uh, so, so it's been fun. But you know, when Wednesday comes, um, you know, all that turns off, and racing turns back on, and that's gonna be my focus, the priority, and yeah. and that's all I'm. About Thursday, Friday,
2: Saturday. Yeah, well, let's let's talk about that for this weekend, Brian. Obviously, we, we love having you on NASCAR America this week, having you on Monday and Tuesday. But, of course, you're going out to Vegas to, to race the 14 car again. I know Vegas was special for you last year, and, and it's great that it's going to be special for you again this year. Uh, wh- what are you looking forward to this weekend? I know a low downforce for you for the first time this season. Just uh, you know, g- give me this weekend what you're expecting in a nutshell. Yeah, I
1: think I'm looking forward to uh, just being in the car. Vegas is a special place for me, Um, and not because of the strip, but uh, (laughs) because, um, you know, some key moments in my life happened there. I mean, getting back in the race car after open heart surgery uh, was, without question, something that myself and a lot of people thought would ever happen. Um, And, um, you know, it was a special moment. I mean, you know, it's easy to look back and and think, gosh, well, you know, it didn't last, you know, it it didn't didn't stick, so to speak, and, and I was back out of the car, and I'm like, yeah, you know, that that's fine, but that didn't really matter, you know. I mean, the fact that you know, just getting back in the car and and racing was one accomplishment. Going out there and 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 racing well and having a decent finish was was kind of another. And what happened after that was a you know. So for that reason, Vegas, you know, has a very holds a very special place for me, and 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 always will. I'm really excited to get back in the car in there. I like the racetrack. Um, you know, Mike and the guys at, at stewart I feel like we've got a great car playing out there. Uh, it's very cool to Mobile went One back on the car. Um, you know, it means a lot to me that they, they, uh, you know, they wanted me back after, after spending some time with them down in Daytona. And, um, you know, so we've got great partners and and a great great team, and um, I'm pumped, man. I'm looking forward to it.
2: So, I, you know, the last one I've got for you, Brian, is is. Obviously, we we don't know what's going to happen beyond Vegas. Uh, where 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 do you want to be? I, I suppose after this weekend, I maybe you get another opportunity in the 14 car. But but it, are, are you hoping that this might lead to other opportunities with other teams? Do you have any sense of that? Uh, you know, where, where do you think you'll be after after this week?
1: Well, I have no idea, right? <laughs> they, <laughs> I. Um, I, I have I have no idea where I'll be, and um, you know, and, and honestly, there's kind of a beauty in that. Like I I, I care, but I, I don't, and you know, and I, and, I, and I, again, it's that non-attention. Like I I if I have an opportunity to race the 14 again or another winning car, um, you know, I, I'm all over. It. Uh, and and if I don't, then then that's fine. You know, that's kind of what has in store. I suspect you're going to see me back in the car again, um, you know, and 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 we'll go from there. Um, you know, I, I told Tony. I said, "Look, I said you don't want to run full time. I'm not sure if I do either. You know, maybe we get one other guy and we just split the season thirds. How's that sound?" <laughs> and he said, uh, "He said I wish you had told me that before I before I sold the car." <laughs> he said, "That's a great idea. I wish I wish we had thought about this about a year sooner." Um, but I, I um, you know, we'll see where life takes me. I, my job right now, honestly, and I know a lot of guys. I think say this. Um, I used to say this all the time, like, oh, you know, I'm only worried about today. I'm only focused on today. And, and most ads are kind of just saying that because they think it's what they're supposed to say and what they've heard and, and kind of what they think, but they don't really believe it in their thoughts. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that doesn't mean that I would be happy with the opportunity to be in a winning car and to go race for wins uh, another time. It doesn't mean, you know, that I don't have things that I want or like or, or interest. You know, I'd love to be back You know, I'd love to be back in the 14th for more races. And, and, you know, I feel like that, you know, I hope that'll happen. I think it will happen. Um, But, you know, if it doesn't happen, like me being upset or pouting about it does not change the outcome at all. Right, right.
2: Well, no matter what happens, man, um, we we wish you much luck luck this weekend and uh, glad to see you you got another opportunity this year. And uh, I hope, regardless of anything else, I hope Vegas turns out well for you.
1: Well, I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you, Nate, and uh, great to be on the podcast, and, and uh look forward to doing again sometime soon. Hopefully.
2: Sounds good, BB.
0: Thanks, man. Appreciate it. I'm Steve LaTarte, STP auto expert and former crew chief. I know what it takes to keep engines performing at their best. STP's latest breakthrough additive, STP Ultra 5-in-1 Plus Fuel System Cleaner Plus Fuel Stabilizer, delivers three times the amount of cleaning agents versus premium gasoline and helps keep fuel fresh during storage. For over 60 years, STP has been on the cutting edge developing products to help engines run better, longer. One bottle contains three times by weight the amount of cleaning agents compared to 20 gallons of the leading premium gasoline. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one Crispy. So go
1: ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem
0: of a detour. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them.